They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Joe, how are you today? I am doing fantastic, Jeff. How are you? I am doing well. We have had a uh, very full few weeks between uh, Holy Week and Easter and just a lot of stuff going on in the congregation in our regular life, including a big funeral for a prominent member this past weekend. But other than that, just being tired from that, things are going pretty swimmingly. How about yourself? Yeah, it's been busy here. Uh, Both my kids are active in school and we've had couple events here at the church. We hosted a cancer survivor dinner for Relay for Life, which went really well. This is our third year doing that, and over 100 people came, and we served them dinner just to say, we appreciate you. And it was a wonderful relationship that we've started with Relay for Life in our town. So, it's been a really great but busy couple of weeks, and I am so excited for this warmer weather that we've been having. Oh, me too. Yeah, we had to go to Mid-State. It was our son's birthday last week, so we uh, were getting his picking up his birthday present, but we were in central Connecticut on Friday, and it was 86 degrees. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then it was my niece's birthday on Saturday in Chicago, and my sister told me it was 40-something degrees there, and I thought to myself, hmm, I like where I live. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a little crazy, warm weather, cold weather, warm weather. It but has been. It's, it's been an odd, yeah. But it's uh, getting warmer, and which means we're able to get outside more um, and do activities with our kids and uh, go for bike rides, which leads into our conversation with Laura recently. Yeah, that was a great conversation. I really appreciate her very much. I mean, I've known her for a few years, but I just, I like her leadership. I like her style. I mean, I like her as a person. I think she's got uh, a tremendous amount to offer to people. And uh, having read part of the book already, I really think it's uh, outstanding, a nice reflection on on ministry and faith and life and being connected to uh, the world around you. So I, I thought it was great. How about, how about you? How was, what was your reaction to talking with Laura? Yeah, she's a really fun person to talk to. And just... Imagining the commute that she's had for the last seven or eight years on her bike, everywhere she goes, and just listening to to some of those experiences about the people that she meets, the things that she has seen and experienced, and the community that she is involved in. You know, I, I think as clergy people, we always try to find ways to uh, be in a in a community or a place where we're not just always a pastor leading things or, uh, you know, I, I, when my son was involved in scouts, uh, I was looking for a place where I wouldn't be pastor Joe, that I'd just be, you know, Logan's dad, you know, for a little bit. When you are involved in the community in a larger way, it's, it's hard to do that. But, uh, Laura's found that niche a little bit in the biking community. You know, they probably recognize her as a pastor, but she's not leading services. She's not providing pastoral care. You know, she's just, Laura, and I think that's a really neat thing to find. I think it's a real needed thing. 
Um, yeah. I, I mean, I find it difficult. I'm sure you do too. It's just, it's hard when you're clocking the amount of hours you do <laughs> yep, yep, yep. in this gig to, to do that. But, uh, yeah. Oh man. When I've connected with people outside of church where I'm not their pastor, I'm just myself. It's, it's really refreshing. I mean, it's, it's, it's life giving. It is. It is. I'll tell you a funny story and maybe a little embarrassing, but, uh, it was, <laughs> I, I kind of look back and, and laugh now. So, uh, i been into music most of my life. And when I was at my last congregation, I found that I was really, I really lost time in the amount of music I was able to play. Um, you know, from seminary into my first call, I just playing guitar. I was playing in coffee houses and, and in a couple of different bands and whatnot. And I said to my wife, I really want to get back into this. And she supported that, but it was hard to go to to coffee shops and, and whatnot, because I'm out a lot many nights with meetings. So I went on Craigslist and there's this spot for musicians and there are people looking for musicians to, to join a band or just to jam, you know, sort of thing. So I was looking around for my area and uh, there was a guy locally who said, you know, looking for someone to, to jam with and I play guitar and banjo and email me if you're interested. So I emailed him and we went back and forth a couple of times and he came over to the house and he brought a couple instruments and we played together, jammed and had a good time, talked a little bit. And after the fact, uh, I went upstairs, he left, I went upstairs and, and talked to my wife. She said, how'd it go? And I said, really great. And I said, uh, I'm nervous though. And she said, why are you nervous? I said, well, I had a good time. I hope he had a good time. When should yeah. I call him? Should I call him tonight and tell him I had a good time? I'm like, man, I just feel like I went on a date with this guy. Yeah, right. you know? There's so, the three-day rule. <laughs> right, right, right. I didn't know what to do. I hadn't been dating for a while. so. But no, it, it's it's hard. You know, I wasn't sure. You know, I, I asked, I talked to him about meeting me at the church next time and never heard from him. So I, like I said, I don't know if, if meeting at the church, you know, threw him off or whatnot. But, uh, but anyway, it, it, it's hard to... Uh, to find that that happy medium of you want to be authentic of who you are, people have kind of a perception of how they should act around you if they find out you're a pastor. I know that's always funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They get this like deer in the headlights look. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like no, I'm still the same guy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but anyway, it, it was a good conversation. I'm glad that she's found yeah. this community and the experiences that she's had and and talks about in in, in her book. And especially in what she sees around her now, her, her surroundings. So tune into that. Yeah. So today I rode my bike to church for the first time this year, 2017. And uh, one, I wanted to because I know we were talking today. But two, I wanted to just because it is nice out again. Now, at least I'm, I'm not as committed as Laura is. I'm a fair weather biker. <laughs> uh, now through probably early to mid fall, I'll, I'll ride many days during the week. I mean, not exclusively if I've got to go to a meeting or something, but if I'm only scheduled to be here and then at home, I will ride my bike and it's great. And, uh, having read part of her book and, uh, the conversation that we had, I, I picked up on a number of things that I think I normally overlook just driving back and forth. I noticed one, the number of, uh, service trucks or people doing work, not homeowners, but, uh, you know, people doing, providing services, private and public. Yep. 
noticed a neighbor of ours getting their uh, roof redone, which I have driven past probably a dozen times in the last few days and didn't notice till today. Uh, so just little things. Uh, many, many dog walkers. This is a dog walking town, I'll tell you. <laughs> and uh, the church is a heavy dog walking area because we have some land. You know, throughout town. I, I mean, I always notice them in the neighborhood around the church just because I'm driving through. But when you're on a bike, you can, you know, I actually stopped and talked to a couple people I knew. So it was fun. It was great. And it was just one of those, you know, that's why she wrote the book. It's all about trying to be more connected to the places where we are and uh, how I think inattentive we can be when we just drive on by uh, without thinking about it. I like how she, she phrased it that we, when we're in a car, we're in a box. Uh, separating ourselves from the world around us. And, and when it's cold out, we have our windows up. When it's warm out, we still have our windows up because we have air conditioning and that's a lot better. And since she said that, I, I really had this image of just being in this box and separating myself from the community around me. And and I admit, you know, right now I'm uh, one of those guys who bikes for recreational purposes. You know, I, yeah. I've gotten my bike out and, and tuned it up and ready to go out for a ride. And But I also have my bike jersey to put on when I go ride, you know, because I enjoy that and it's, uh, it feels good and, and that sort of thing. And it's not necessarily for the idea of transporting myself from one place to another. It's going out for a ride and coming back. Yeah. And as I shared on our last episode, I mean, I, I've got my beach cruiser. I mean, I'm not yep. out to break any land speed records. So I got my, <laughs> you know, Converse All-Stars on and my neon yellow shirt <laughs> <laughs> that I use as a pullover. And then, you know, my bike helmet, of course, safety first. But uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I enjoy bicycling, but it's one of those, uh, it, it's, it's cool to just kind of, be more in tune with what's going on. I mean, I run a lot. I walk a lot. That tunes you in in different ways as well. Although I will say when I'm running, I, I usually have my headphones on. So I'm, I'm plugged into something. So even though I am there on the ground, so to speak, I'm really in a different kind of box when you think about it. You yep. know what I mean? I'm not yep. connected to the people around me. I'm in my own little world. But biking, you know, with just the wind in your face and you can coast a little bit and look around. It's it's pretty cool. So for our listeners, I think it might be helpful to talk a little bit about being in tune with our surroundings. Um, yeah. Maybe even as for driving or walking or bike riding and maybe some experiences that we've had in being in tune with our surroundings and, and that idea of renewal um, that, that can come from, from that. So uh, is there any uh, way, you know, that you think you could prepare yourself or any experiences and in, in being in tune? You, you talked a little bit about your commute this morning, but generally speaking, how can one uh, be in better tune with their surroundings? Well, uh, just to even take a step back, I mean, we talked a little bit about this with Laura, how our contexts are, are different because I'm not in an urban environment. I'm right. in a, a commuter town. And, you know, my people come from 30 minutes away by car. I mean, we have a lot of people in town too, but you know, it's, it's that wide of a radius from which we draw. So the base assumption is that if you're going to participate in this congregation, you're going to drive to it. So that automatically, I mean, we have a few people that actually walk cause they're in the neighborhood, but you know what I mean? It sets you in a different starting place. So, you know, um, what does it mean to be connected when you're a destination? 
I think it's a there's there's a whole bunch of challenges involved in that. I mean, I know one of the first things I did when I came here, and it was by accident, is I on my first Sunday here, I got the door for one of my elderly people, and then just remained outside to greet the people on the way in. And I've just done that pretty much every week since. The the step I want to bridge, and I just haven't explored it enough yet, is I'd love I'd like for other people to do that besides me. I mean, I want to keep doing that, but it'd be great if other people would also say, let's stand outside and greet the people. Yep. But I have noticed in doing that, um, especially at the early part of the morning before, you know, when I go outside and there's maybe only a car or two in the parking lot and mine being one of them and the musicians being the other, I will talk to the dog walkers and the bikers and the runners, or I'll at least wave to them if they go by on the street. But a lot of them do cut through the parking lot, so I'll say hello to them and, you know, wish them a nice day and probably comment on the weather. But it's, you know, it's just a nice way to to kind of be in tune with your surroundings a little bit. You know, we had a little uh, event on uh, this past weekend where we uh, not just got together, but somebody in town was doing a sock drive yep. for uh, some homeless in the area, and we just decided to connect to that too. Not that we were going to solve it or, or be the forerunners of leading it, but they're like, oh, this is going on. Why don't we participate? You know, that's a good thing. Just kind of be in tune with your surroundings. I've thought about uh, just even just meeting people, you know, in third spaces, I think is helpful. You know, let's meet out for coffee rather than in my office yep. or... Uh, those kinds of things, even though I'm still kind of with more with my people than with just outside folks. But as far as the church itself, I think I know that's a real it's a real challenge that I've been trying to think through for years, actually, of just what's it mean when you're a commuter congregation to try to connect with your local community because that's not the local community for a number of the people. Right. Even in your context is different from mine. Uh, right. We also a destination congregation, but we are not also not in the neighborhood at all. On one yeah, side, we have yeah. a neighbor on one side, but on the other side, we have a community college. And that, a busy, busy street. And it's too. a busy street. Right, right. So if I'm standing outside, I, I do not see dog walkers. Uh, you know, I see people running every once in a while or biking up up our hill, but that's a rarity in, in, our, um, in our context. So, so when we do and event that we want to connect with others. We um, take our show on the road, so to speak, where we, you know, twice, twice during the summer, we um, worship in a local park, and we, we intentionally do that on the Sunday after major community events that we participate in, so we let people know that we're going to be there. And we have had some, some folks show up to that, and we've had some people who are just walking by, you know, kind of stay around for a little bit. We, we serve a monthly community dinner here at the church, but one of the things we talk about is the only people that can really come are people that drive, or we do have some folks who have walked 45 minutes to get here for, for the dinner, because we're on the edge of town. And so we have, again, during the summer, I've taken that into the community and, and serve people in the, in the park. So, and that has a totally different context and crowd and, and that sort of thing that, that participates in that meal. So it, it is tough for us to, to think about how we do connect with our community and how we can still stay in tune with that when we're not necessarily in the heart of the community. When I first came to this uh, congregation, one of the first things I did is I, um, I walked around. 
So I took my, well, it was my phone, but I took my camera around with me and just started taking pictures of the neighborhood. You know, we have another church right next to us and we have, it is a neighborhood with houses. So we're in kind of that kind of a area, but then just up the road, there's a bunch, the post road is there. So there's a number of businesses, the high school. I just walked around with my camera and just took a whole bunch of pictures. And then for an adult forum, I just did a slideshow. I said, do we know what's around us? You know, just yeah. kind of did that kind of a thing. Nice. A book recommendation is The New Parish. Have you read that? No. It's pretty good. Uh, Paul Sparks, Tim Sorens, and Dwight Friesen. It's a couple of years old now. But it is uh, it is about kind of reclaiming the neighborhood. It's along those lines about how, uh, you know, we, we've become dislocated communities. Exactly this commuter kind of piece. And um, trying to reclaim what it means to be part of a wider system. So it's good. I would recommend that. I mean, that was that was a good place to start with some people is to say, okay, this is what's around us. And do we know it? First of all, you know, I just showed them a picture of of a building and said, does anybody know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was fun. You know, oh, that's the dentist office. You know, like, do we know the people that work there? We don't. Okay. So what's that mean? You know, these are the immediate houses around us. Do we know the people that live there? And uh, I've gotten to know a few of them. Actually, one of them's joined the church. So it's, you know, it's good. We got to we gotta do that kind of stuff. And it's not, you know, the argument always is, well, that's not my community because uh, I live in this town over here. But I think you have to work with the address you have. And, you know, we are rooted in space and in time. And, you know, just like we... Uh, both have been trying to say to places we've served, you know, it's not the 1960s anymore. It's also, you know, your place is different than my place is different from someone else from Laura's place. It's just a uh, uh, context matters. And we just have to claim that as a conversation starter. Yeah, it's getting to know that context. Like you said, you know, you walked around and took pictures and it's not just saying, okay, what are the needs of our community here in this congregation. Now, we need to meet, be meeting those needs and making sure that things are getting done within our church that people are taking care of and that sort of thing. But it's also what are the needs of our community. I've explored that in in, in different ways in both churches that I've been a pastor at. And, and you could take that to any sort of degree that you want, depending on what you feel God is calling you to do. And you know, if you're going to be, you know, like when we talk to John Longworth up in Rutland, Vermont, you know, he is very specific towards, he is the feeding church. And they, they have that ministry, they, they package meals, they feed their preschool kids, they have a lot going on with uh, food and connecting that with your spirituality. But that does, that's not the only thing. If you, if you want to be the, the comforting church, you can go and open the paper and you know, connect with people who have lost loved ones. You can visit funeral homes. You can have different forums at your congregation to say, you know, this is what happens when you plan a funeral and writing obituaries and, and all that kind of stuff. You can find ways to, to really make that your ministry and own that and, and have people know you for, oh, if, if I have lost a loved one, this is the place that I want to go to because uh, these people really understand, know, and care. And yep. there's so many different ways that you can take something like that and really run with it um, to be in, in connection with the needs of, of your community, both locally in your congregation as well as uh, your community at large. 
And I think it's also about knowing the resources of your community too. I mean, yeah. it's not just about meeting needs, but um, you know, you can be a connector. We have a really strong youth and family office here in town that has an enormous amount of resources uh, and connections with all kinds of a variety of issues. And uh, just to be able to know the people that work there, um, you know, if some if a need comes up or if somebody comes to me, I can I can point them to them and say, hey, these these people know what to do next uh, in a way that we we can't, you know, we're not right. equipped to, right. uh, and that's really helpful. Or you know, somebody dies, do you know the people at the funeral home and can you connect them? And yep. Uh, yep. or you know, we need to get this catered. Who do you call? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. You know, when you're when you're disconnected, if you're just kind of have a street address, but who cares about anything else? You're, you don't have those relationships. And I think ultimately that's what we want to be about is how are we building relationships? We can build memberships too, but I think in the wider context, how are we integrated into our surroundings in a way that's trying to be helpful, trying to bring people together in whatever fashion that that can happen? Right. And I, I think that uh, goes back to being in tune with your surroundings. You know, we can s- sit in our offices all day and make phone calls and whatnot, but if we're not actually out in the community and seeing things a little differently now from my commute in my car to be a little more aware of what is what is surrounding me. And I don't know. I mean, I really would love to have a bike commute. I'm only a couple of miles, but from my house to the church, it's all uphill. So, <laughs> both um, ways in the wind. Both snow, ways. Even in yeah. July. That's right. That's right. But yeah. Well, it's funny. We're, we're in the middle of a, well, I shouldn't say middle. We're in the very starting phase of uh, a building renovation. And, and one of the main drivers behind the building renovation is we want to be a community center because we already have a number of groups here that are not church events, but they're, you know, outside groups that use our space. And we want to, we want to continue to develop that and strengthen those community pieces. But it's been funny in the last, you know, few weeks, just with, you know, banging and everything else, I've been really leery of actually doing any work in my office just because it's so noisy. Yep. You know, a number of years ago, I remember at Senate Assembly, we voted on something that said, you know, pastors should be spending at least a quarter of their time out of the office. And I wondered, you know, that's a good start. But what I've been wondering lately is, would it make sense to really not use the church building that much? (laughs) (laughs) Or like my church, you know, unless I'm specifically meeting with someone there or I have something that I need to lead there, maybe my time is just better spent not there at all. It's just trying to be out and about doing stuff with people. And that's more feasible nowadays than it was 10 or 15 years ago because... Even five years ago. Even five years ago, because we have, we're accessible. Our church members have our, you know, contact information to be able to touch base with us. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to pick up a phone call when I'm, you know, on and, and answer it and get back to people if I need to or check my email or whatnot. So. Right. Exactly. So I remember back, you know, I always have this image of this little parish pastor from years ago, you know, out on the prairie or, you know, some little small village somewhere where they just kind of walked around to visit the the people in the village or maybe they were equipped enough to have a horse or something so they could get out and see people. And that's just what they did, you know, and then the church was just the building where you had worship because there wasn't else anything else going on there. People started driving cars, so you needed to have a car so you could go see people and get to the hospital and do all that kind of stuff. And then you needed to have an office because you needed to have a place to answer the phone. Uh, and then you needed to be in your office in case somebody called. Uh, 
you know, and then you needed to have uh, an office person to be able to take a message for you if you weren't there to get back to them on the phone. You know, just we have this is what you got in your pocket right now. You can yep. go anywhere and, and do any of those things. Yeah. I mean, still, there's there's a little bit of that culture of, you know, well, the pastor should be in the office if I stop by. But it's easy enough to just say, hey, are you there or where are you or can you meet sometime this week or, you know, that's easy enough to do. Yep. Yep. And uh, I don't know how your context is, but we have um, three hospitals that our people go to that are equally from the church about 30 or 40 minutes away, and they're three different directions. So it's not like, oh, you just stop by the hospital either. You, you have to plan that, and especially if you've got multiple people in need at a time, you have to really kind of coordinate how that's going to work. You, you can't just sit in the office. you got to be attentive in a different kind of way. And then you think, okay, if I'm doing that anyway for that kind of stuff, why am I, why am I just here on a day when the office is closed or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to, to keep hold the office open. Um, you don't need to mind the store as the saying goes. Right. You know right. What I mean, like if, if your parish is the people and not the building, now, your building can work for you or against you. I mean, that's why we're doing a renovation project. I don't want to neglect that. It's important to be a good steward of the space that you occupy. But at the same time, you know, it's not about that. It's not about the building, actually. It's about connecting with people. Uh, and what are the things we're doing to try to make those connections happen? Yep. We talked about it one time. We have a number of runners here, including myself. And we should have a little running event and we could have a little running team. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. There's a lot of different ways that we can connect with people, especially now for us as as we are, uh, you know, going into the spring and summer months to find new and different and interesting ways that we can be the church, not only in our space, uh, because it's convenient to have it when it's cold outside and lots of snow, but now that it's warmer out, you know, how are we going to be the church outside and having a running club, a walking club, a biking club. Uh, there's, there's lots of different ways that you can, uh, you can do that. You know, where we started today, we talked about how important it is for us as leaders to just not be on the clock all the time, to not always be the pastor, you know, yep. to find an outlet where you can find some friends that are, you know, outside of your church community, which again, I think is really important. But I also say that the other side of that, which is also equally as good, is when you can be out and about not doing some church thing, you know, and you're just in blue jeans and a t-shirt or you're, you know, on your bicycle with your bicycle shirt or, or whatever. And someone recognizes you as someone from the church. That's also good. You know, it's, you're not some foreign entity, you know, and then if they can say, Oh, I know Joe, he's, he's a, he's a normal person, (laughs) (laughs) crazy religious lunatic or something. When things happen, or if people are seeking a deeper connection, you've got a relationship there. I think that's that's huge. That is. And again, it's not just about the pastor either. I mean, I think this is the other part of it is I think of uh, the street that we live on. We have a number of people. Most of them are not church people, but we know them all. Um, and they know we work at the church and we know, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we helped our next door neighbors through a pretty big crisis last year and they, they have started coming to church, but that it was about being a presence, just trying to be good, faithful people to a need. It wasn't about, um, the church per se. And I think wherever you are, 
each of us, whether you're a pastor or not, um, we all have that calling to just be present with the people that are around us. I mean, do you know your neighbors on your street or in your apartment building? I think that's a worthwhile question. Your whole front porch and back deck image that you lifted up yep. in our conversation with Laura. I th- we do. We just li- we live such isolated lives from each other, uh, even in those with those people in close proximity. And if we can instill in our people just as a way of life to try to connect with the people that we live by and then start to ask the question, well, what does that mean to live faithfully? I think we can really start to help connect the dots for folks. Like I said before, that image of front porch and back deck has really stuck with me and influences how I view the way that I live my life and the way that I make connections uh, with with people and, and not to you know, it's important to have your back deck times where you connect with the people that you you, know, you bring into your inner circle and that you truly care about and, and whatnot, but also uh, not to spend all your time out there, but being out in the front and being uh, a visible presence to your neighbors and getting to know the people that you might not otherwise get to know. And I know that between many, many different church relationships that I've had over the years, there's a lot of people that I would have necessarily known if it wasn't for the church. And uh, to think about those relationships that I would have missed out on, it it just is incredible to me. So I try to be open to that and not necessarily judge someone based on uh, preconceived notions or or, or whatnot. and to be open to that, especially when I when we lived in the inner city, just to be able to sit on the front porch and to be able to talk to people that walk by. You know, in my current neighborhood, there there isn't too many people that walk by. We live on the dead end street, so it's not a lot of traffic that comes through. But um, to be able to connect with with my neighbors is is important. We have a basketball hoop in our driveway, so uh, the kids and I will play basketball a lot, and uh, that seems to be a gathering point for when people, because we live on a dead-end street too, but when our neighbors are coming and going, that seems to be the place where we talk a lot, and that's that's <coughs> nice to do. Nice, nice. Yeah, and then we do have a backyard with a place to sit that's kind of just ours, and it's good to do that too. Except for our, our next door, we're really close with our next door neighbors, so the kids will run over to us if they see us in the backyard too, which is great. <laughs> but that's fun. But that's I also think that's kind of like the space we share back there. If you live all your life back there, you're going to miss out on a lot, I think. So something to think about, and maybe we don't have answers to this, but for anyone listening to think about is what's a way you could make your congregation open its front porch up in a way that you can feel open and uh, get outside a little bit? That's a good question. I think that we first need to be intentional about that to think about what are the gifts and skills that uh, our, our congregation has to be able to be the front porch church and to make decisions based on that. Yeah, and I think the other question that we need to address is how can we make it less scary for people? Because, you know, a lot of people that aren't church people, you know, have more than just a little skepticism towards us. So how how can we just be accessible in a way that says, okay, they're not some cult or something? (laughs) Right, and they're not just doing this in order to gain members, but also to be a genuine connection to the community. Right, exactly. What is another way that you think uh, churches can can do this? Um, we can have raffles and give away BMWs. 
<laughs> oh wait, that's another church. Oh in town wait, wait, that's wait, doing that. Yeah, I, I suggest not doing that. And maybe this is not a question we can necessarily answer right now, but I think it is the question that a lot of us need to dwell in for a while. Is just how do we take the thing that we know, which is that the church community is a, a good place for support and exploring your faith and connecting with God in a community setting. How do we take that part of our lives, which we find so fulfilling and make it open for others to participate in without feeling like they're either being judged or coerced? And I think we just, we really need to spend some time thinking about that because I think, you know, for a lot of people, church is either a foreign place or a scary place or a place of former pain and it's a lot to overcome to just say, oh, come to this. And I like, and, and maybe it's as a starting place is, is lifting up this difference between commuting and connecting, at least with our own people. And if we could start to think about, okay, we, we, can't, just, we can't just commute. We need to find ways to um, be present and, and open this up. Think about the things that we miss along the way. To be in tune with our surroundings, not only our community surroundings here in, in our local congregations, and because I think many of us can say we do the back deck thing in our congregations quite well between worship mm-hmm. and fellowship stuff, but how is our church going to be a front porch church? How is our church going to have that openness that is not only attractive for people to come into and to be involved with, but also true to the the gospel that we preach and um, that inspires and, and, and educates people to grow in their faith and uh, be connected with our community, church community, on a deeper level. So that I think that is a, is a great question to ask, and if you, podcast listener, would like to be in further connection with us about this, please uh, reach out to us leave a comment in our blog post or connect with us on Facebook and let us know some of your thoughts about this. Yeah. So just an ending thought is, uh, I was thinking about, you know, the good Samaritan story. Yep. And so often when we think of the first two that pass on by, we think they're either, um, somehow judging the person who is injured on the side of the road or they don't want to get their hands dirty with it. But really, what if they're just zooming past? Yeah. <laughs> what if they really just, they're they're on their high-speed camel <laughs> 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 flying flying on by and uh, it's it's the other guy on his, his bicycle, his donkey going real slow that says, oh my gosh, here's somebody that I need to connect with. Yeah, we do make assumptions about the first two saying, oh, totally. they, they see them totally. and they just, uh, you know, don't want anything to do with them. But how many times do we pass someone in need and and it's not, we, and we ignore them, not because we judge them, but just because we don't see them. We, just because we don't see. So I guess that would be my parting thought for today is um, try to find some ways where you can see. And um, maybe a lot of that is just slowing down. Well, thank you, Jeff, for the conversation. I appreciate it. And I want to thank Laura for inspiring us again. And uh, as she continues to do the ministry um, for so many churches in the state of Massachusetts, 
uh, we want to continue to lift her up and, and, and invite you and encourage you to buy her book, Holy Spokes, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes, as well as a link to the book New Parish that Jeff mentioned. And like I said before, if you want to connect with us, we would love that. Our website is twobaldpastors.com. We can read our show notes and and connect with with us in various ways. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com backslash twobaldpastors. And we want to thank you for joining us today. We are the Two Bald Pastors, helping you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sindabaldo. Thanks, and hope you have a blessed day. And let's go for a ride. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. That's a good question. You know, you think of the little parish pastor from, you know, wearing the... What's that outfit with the? You had not of a not a cope or a. You know what I'm saying? Cloak. Big, no. uh, like a like a overgrown cassock, and you had the uh, tippets. Is that what those things are? Those I don't little, know. Uh, you know, it looks almost like a little black tie, but it it's like a clerical collar, but it sticks out funny. I have no idea. I'm not. I don't know. This is not going anywhere. <laughs>